What's going on guys? Welcome back to Let's Talk About the Dead and in this video I talk to Jason Douglas who played Toby. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Excellent. Good to see you Tyler. How are you? <laughs> I'm good thanks. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate your patience in getting this set up. I, I, uh, and of course, I had a last-minute um, COVID test I had to go take this morning oh, because yeah. I'm working on an episodic, and and they call you in to get a test when you, you know, are going to be going to work soon. Yeah. So I had to go knock that out. I'm negative, so good. Uh, it, we're, we're, it's good. So I've seen you got your uh, your Pfizer uh, vaccine, which is which is great. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I'm I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to get the next round. Uh, I, I'm scheduled for, you know, obviously a couple of weeks to go back, and yeah. um, I'm excited to have all that behind us. We can yeah. go back to uh, uh, some kind of normalcy, whatever that means. You sure. know, it means yeah. different things for different people. But um, we've been very careful, you know. I think as much as possible. I don't think uh, in in my uh, area, my state, um, we've been, um, a bit looser about things just generally politically, yeah. the, you know, the environment here and, and, uh, uh, the sort of tolerance for, you know, tight lockdowns. Um, but our numbers have tracked very yeah. similarly to better. the rest of the country, including the ones that had really, uh, stringent lockdowns. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, you know, which is better or worse, um, in the long run, I think only history will be able to really tell sure. us that, you know, and we kind of get this in the rearview mirror. So, uh, so I see you, you've enjoyed Carol's cookies. I see. Yeah. I don't know um, who Carol's making her cookies for these days, uh, but it ain't Tobin. No, not anymore. No, no. Did your arm hurt after doing it? I had the, I had the same one as you and it was killing yeah, did, which one did you get, Tyler? I got the Pfizer. Yeah, I, I had, I felt nothing on the day of. In fact, it, I thought, wow, that is the tiniest needle I think <laughs> I've ever seen for a jab. And uh, and I, the next day, about twenty four, maybe thirty six hours later, I started to feel a little soreness. Yeah. And uh, and overnight, I had a bit of a headache. And I don't know if any of that, you know, other than this, the arm soreness, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I had anything that I can point to that felt That's specifically good. attributable. Now, my wife had a different experience. She felt like she was coming down off of acid for three days. That, in her words, that's kind of how she put it. She yeah. had a really weird, just kind of a spaced out feeling for a few days and she's fine now but yeah, that's good. it affects different people differently i guess you know because yeah. it provokes a response within you it's not really the vaccine that's doing it to you it's yeah. your body it's how your body is reacting to the vaccine uh that kind of dictates how you're gonna feel about it so yeah, i'm excited to get i get my next one in what day today 17th yeah in 10 days Ah, good for you. What Tour. inspired you to become an actor and voice actor? Yeah, so in uh, that's a it's always an interesting question because when I think back on 
my sort of fateful decision uh, to become an actor. Um, you know, it was it was all about choices and trade offs and and interests at the time. And yeah. I think it's just fair to say that I arrived into my sort of high school years. So for you know, for me, we're talking 15, 16 years old, without a clear understanding of what I wanted to do in my life. I didn't I I mean it sounds very dull to say that I lacked aspiration, but I just didn't have a clear view of what my life from that point, five years, ten years down the road, should look like. And um so in the sort of vacuum of ideas, I stumbled across my my school's theater department and I you know sort of tumbled in if you will and and uh, I just I sort of I sort of fell for it if you know yeah. I, I, I sort of uh, uh, you know just the 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 study of, of the, the the English language and just the you know putting words on a page and bringing them to life and and just the kind of the the general you know um, the atmosphere and and the camaraderie amongst the cast and and uh, uh, the you know all of it. I fell in love with all of it, theater specifically. Yeah, I'd grown up, of course, watching and loving movies and enjoying the cinematic experience. I didn't really have a special place in my heart for animation um, I, or anime. I had no clue what that was at the time. Um, but for me, it was theater first, uh, with kind of a, you know, a, a, a very distant idea of maybe yeah. acting for film and television. So, so I, I, you know, you know, when it came time to choose college, um, I chose a school in Houston, Texas, which uh, was had been known for its sort of past glories, if you will, uh, as a as an output uh, of acting talent. And, and having, you know, great program, and uh, and I went I went there for that reason, and um, and so that's kind of how I got started. And you know, as my career evolved, um, I I I stayed in the theater mix for a, a a good while before I sort of started doing uh, pursuing other kinds of acting work. When I realized, you know, there are people out there in the world who will pay me to do this. This is astonishing, you know. Uh, and you know, I would, you know, we would get like a stipend or something for doing a stage play somewhere, but it was a yeah. pittance. You couldn't live on it. And it, you know, you still had to have, you know, I was moving furniture, uh, uh, and waitering. I was serving, you know, I was doing these kinds of jobs, uh, catering, um, and, uh, while I was doing theater and, uh, and I thought, well, this is all right, as long as it's just me. Right, but once you start adding a a partner, you know, uh, 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 and children, um, you know that then it becomes a different uh, calculus, so to speak, and you have to look for better ways to support yourself and them. Yeah, and uh, so so it's, I would say it was initially driven by curiosity, and then and then there was a good few years of sort of passion fueled pursuit of the craft. And then at a certain point, it shifted to sort of um, 
sustenance and survival and kind of the workaday sort of, uh, you know, things that we do to stay relevant and to stay on top of our craft. Um, and, and I think I became a better actor in that after, you know, when, when, you know, it was, it's one thing to pursue something that you think you're passionate about because it's yeah. fun and, you know, you admire the people who do it. And it's quite another thing uh, when you have to survive it, when yeah. you have to sort of take that passion and say, you know what, brother, you're stuck. You chose something when you were young and foolish <laughs> uh, that typically cannot sustain most people. Right. It, it, it's it's not something that necessarily is going to uh, feed you. Uh, in the long run. And yeah. I don't mean feed like, you know, spiritually or passionately. I mean, literally put food <laughs> in the mouth of those that you are in, in your care. So, um, so, but I think I became a better actor because I think when you insert hunger and, and uh, for some people that's a distraction, but I actually think that it grounds you when you realize um, I, I can't be silly about this. I have to, I have to pursue this with, um, uh, with the right attitude and with the right expectations. And I have to, you know, we have to develop a, a thicker skin because we know rejection, we endure a lot of rejection uh, in this field. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I think, uh, anyway, that's, that's kind of how I got started. I mean, that's kind of how I got started. I mean, you know, there's, there's probably lots of stories um, about how I sort of moved from kind of one area to another Probably the most interesting thing is just that I started doing anime uh, at, at a certain point while I was still doing theater. Oh, right. And so it was kind of a mishmash, if you will, wow. of kind of doing lots of theater jobs, uh, theater gigs, but also then, you know, going in to do recording for uh, what was then a, a, a very sort of young and unknown anime purveyor in the United States known as ADV films and uh, um, but again it was just it was gigs you know what, yeah. what how can I get paid as an actor and make a living and uh, and that's how that started awesome. I love and I love everyone's different stories because everyone comes from a different background and because you're like you're the first voice actor I've had ever I've, I've spoke to which is which is amazing because you've you've had, you've had over 200 um things the voice in right. yeah that's just that's just yeah amazing i stopped counting at one point well you know i my my philosophy has always been at least for me and kind of the way i'm pursuing my vocation is that i need to be able to do a lot of different things right i mean i, I i'm i can't confine myself to one space because if i do that and then and then for whatever reason uh you know the jobs dry up which happens yeah this work can be seasonal it's very it's very um, um finicky the way you know that it's yeah. very difficult to sort of create a sustainable pipeline and so the answer to that or at least a one solution to that problem is to make sure you have multiple pipelines, right? So um, there is there is very little correlation, right, between income from, let's just say, on one extreme, theater work, and on the other side, um, you know, commercial voiceover, right? Yeah. So voiceover, I have a client, here's a for instance, I have a client who uh, uh, 
does is basically like a little ad firm for LASIK centers all over the United States. Yeah. And so, um, and so they work with me and that is a revenue stream for me. And it's a completely unrelated revenue stream yeah. to other kinds of work that I'm doing, whether it's yeah. film and television or anime, you know, whatever kind of voiceover job. Um, and so by assembling these different pieces and having different kind of, uh, you know, uh, pipelines in, uh, I can sort of make it. We can make it year to year. We can have some income. And when one stream dries up, well, you know, we hope and pray that it comes back, but we have these other, you know, uh, pieces yeah. that, that put together. So I'm a big fan of, uh, there were years ago, I, you know, hear about investors sort of diversify your risk, right? Diversify, you know, have a diverse portfolio where yeah. you invest your money uh, so that if something catastrophic happens in one sector, it doesn't reflect the, you know, it doesn't impact the entire portfolio. And I said, well, why not diversify your, your revenue streams as well? Uh, so it's a similar concept, uh, but it just, it's sort of, you know, it, 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 it I'm, I'm, I'm more, on, and I'm, I'm less of an investor than I am of kind of a, uh, you know, someone who's making money by actually hustling and doing different jobs. So it's good now, obviously there was, when COVID hit, there was no acting, but did you have much voiceover work or was that kind of stuff? Even the voiceover work dried up a little even my lasik clients who have always been so dependable um kind of went away for a while um i was fortunate that there were a couple of things that happened um i had sort of i had some accounts receivable from yeah. from voiceover that you know you know still hadn't paid yet so particularly for the first few months when when the actual work was drying up i was still getting something in yeah, um, and then around the middle of the year um, I got the call to record uh, Krieg uh, my character from Borderlands yeah and uh, so that was that was a that was a very nice not entirely unexpected but it, it, it was a very nice um, kind of job that happened and in fact it, I recorded that character from home. I mean, it, it was one of the one of the. I would never. We would never have done that. They would never have opted to do that in in a sort of non-COVID year. But um, they wanted to produce that content, and the the fans were hungry for it. Yeah. And um, and because a lot of us voice actors have kind of pivoted. And I've been, I've been recording from home for years. Yeah. Um, but most of the studio work, the, the animation, the anime stuff, and video games is is has always been done at a studio somewhere. But but last year sort of dictated a change in approach. And so many of us were able to sort of jump on that and take advantage of those changes right off the bat. And so Krieg was recorded in a closet in my home. <laughs> and, uh, and then the other thing with the anime, uh, which I continued to do mostly through Funimation, is uh, uh, they they also pivoted to home-based recording and so uh, anything anything that's come out with me over the last year via Funimation has been something that we've recorded uh, remotely that's good I'm glad you've had you've had work yeah um, for sure for sure yeah. I should probably add as well since you were asking I did have a I did have some uh, 
a couple opportunities to shoot. So I actually, was good. right after COVID landed, I went and shot a movie called Redstone uh, here, shot here in Texas, but, um, but it, it featured, starred, I guess, Michael Cudlitz uh, from The Walking Dead, who you know well as Abraham. And, um, uh, and so I was, uh, I was, you know, thrilled to get to go actually do some, some yeah. work. And it was kind of in the early stages of COVID when no one was sure um, uh, how to approach shooting. Uh, and and well, I think we were all kind of, you know, waiting to get shut down, like they're going to come and shut sure. us down, you know, but but we made it and they made the movie. And, uh, and I think it's due to come out at some point. Cool. That's good. Um, I did not realize I've watched Breaking Bad don't know how many years ago now but you're bring it bad for for a couple of episodes which is which is pretty cool right. yeah been on that well i mean it was uh I, I got a chance to work i mean i i worked with all the principals you know i mean i i got to work with that wasn't a major character but i was a, i was a, it was kind of a minor kind of a cool recurring thing if you're you know if the your viewers or listeners don't know it was a, a basically an albuquerque police detective who's um um, interrogating uh, Jesse, uh, yeah. you know, the Jesse character in the season finale of season four, primarily. That's where the character appeared. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then they brought us back at the, the midpoint of season five. Uh, my, my, you know, my detective partner and I, played by Gonzalo Menendez, um, and uh so we we ended up doing i think two or three episodes yeah. so then we appeared in the next episode after that um yeah so and uh vince gilligan directed the, uh, at least the one episode that i did it was a season finale of season four which which by all rights we thought was possibly the last episode yeah. of breaking bad um, there was no guarantee that at that point that they were even coming back for a season five. And frankly, if they'd stopped, if they'd stopped the show at that point, it really would have been a perfect ending. There was no yeah. reason to go to into season five. I'm glad they did. I, I like season five. Don't yeah. misunderstand me. But the show arc really reached its conclusion uh, with uh, the final episode of season four. And so I felt honored to be a part of that. And, um, and then we got to go back, of course, for season five. So it was amazing. Of course, I got to work uh, with uh, Brian Cranston and uh, uh, Aaron, um, um, I'm gonna blank on Aaron, uh, yeah, Aaron Paul, sorry. And uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk, I got to work with Bob briefly. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a great experience for me as a fan yeah, because uh, I love the show, and uh, but it was also um, it was it was just a great experience. It's always a great experience when you work with people that are good at what they do. Yeah. It brings your level up, and what's cool is you you kind of take that experience with you. You know, you yeah. don't. It's not like it just happens and then it's over. I mean, I think if you're if you're open to it and and you're and you're kind of reflective about it, you you kind of get to take those experiences with you and what you learned and the confidence that you gain from it. I think it, inf it impacts yeah, future, your future work. So I hope it does anyway. Um, going to go to voice acting quickly. You know, you've done like, Borderlands, Dragon Ball Z and uh, Pack on Turns, which is just, just free of, free of the many, but you know, how is, how different is voice acting compared to, to acting other than physical 
side because it's just yeah yeah it's uh it's interesting because you know we talk about this a lot especially when i do every once in a while i'm asked to do like an online voice acting workshop and yeah. or something and and this is always something that comes up because you have you might have stage actors that are trying to become voice actors people that have maybe done some television and film that want to be a voice actor or you know voice actors are curious about going in the other direction and and it's it you know it's always like what do i need to do what are the adjustments and i'd say there's two sides of it one is the sort of the the artistic side the 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 uh the organic acting side you know these are the things that you go you know learn about in in your theater 101 type class right you're acting <laughs> 101 it's it's what are your character's motivations what are the sort of the beats if you will of the scene uh what are you doing to get what you want uh what's your you know does your character have a secret you know all these <laughs> kind of little games you play to kind of like find your place yeah. in the script um but then there's this other side of acting which is technical it's why if you go to theater school, you take that acting class, but then you also take a movement class. You also take a voice class. Um, and it's why at many acting programs now, they also have on-camera classes. Um, because we, it's one thing to learn to be true and interesting as a character, but then you have to kind of you know, you have to adjust your performance to whatever medium. If I'm working on stage, I mean, I've done Shakespeare outdoors for 5,000 people. Well, you know, that's a very different technical performance yeah. than if I were recording, um, um, you know, one of the Bard's speeches for, let's say, a radio play, uh, uh, you know, something, uh, or even for a television or film. Right. Yeah. Uh, so th the medium really dictates. And, and I think, of course, uh, working, let's say, for anime or, or, or video games, you've got a microphone. Well, how's that different? And how's that the same? Well, I, I, I also have microphones on me when I do a live action piece. So when I do Breaking Bad or, uh, you know, Preacher or Walking Dead, you know, we're all mic'd. We've got little, a little mic here on our lapel, usually. Um, and, and usually a, a boom mic, right? Yeah. Something hanging out over it. So, um, and in that case, but in that case, you know, it's really all, the, the name of the game is, you know, avoid the equipment, right? Don't, you know, be aware where the camera is, and, but don't, don't be thinking about it too much, you know? Um, uh, whereas in a studio, there, there is a sense of, okay, well, what's the medium? What does it look like to the audience, right? So, you know, in, in anime, they're watching something that's, it's actually very cinematic a lot of times. So you have characters, you're on screen, you're seeing their faces, but, but a lot of times they're in a sort of hyper-energetic delivery. So yeah. you've got to kind of deliver it, but you also have to have a spatial awareness of the kind of space that the characters are in and the fact that you've got a microphone here. You don't want to blow out the mic. Um, uh, video games are a little different. Video games require a little more projection. It's a bit louder. It's a bit noisier. It's characters that are in an intense situation. There's a lot of sound effects, usually gunfire and explosions. And, you know, depending on the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the kind of artillery your, your character is using at the moment. So you have to, that's a very almost theatrical performance, right? And, um, 
So, yeah, I think that just comes with experience, you know, yeah. and, and I would say there are differences. I used to hear, oh, it's all acting is acting. Well, not really. I mean, yeah, you know, makes, if you're, if, if the, there, there are fundamentals that are, are in place, but, but part of, part of becoming a good actor. And I think just the experience that you get from doing is learning the difference between yeah. those things. Cause it's crazy. Like, you know, when you watch, like when you just see the, see like if there was a behind the scenes video of you in Walking Dead, you're, it's quite calm. But when I was watching a, a video of like, the voice actors watching uh, Dragon Ball Z and it's, uh, for me, it's more like they get more animated and they're like, and as them, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It helps. It helps the actor to sort of transcend the environment that they're physically in, because yeah. most of the time when we're recording anime, um, we are in. Well, I would say it, it. It's not an ideal environment to be to be quite honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it. They these studios use a lot of sm small kind of whisper, what we call a whisper booth in the business. Yeah. They're they're tiny little isolation booths that I think, I don't think they're conducive to great audio. On conversely, I was just here in Dallas and I'm working on an episodic for television right now, and and I was uh, doing ADR for the show. Yeah. Um. And so it was my own character. It was work that I'd done on the day, but there were a couple of places where they need line pickups or they added something while I'm off camera. So this is very typical in episodic television work where you go in and film as well, particularly for television. And um, I went into a studio that does a lot of ADR work for film and television, not so much for anime, et cetera, but, but a lot of ADR work for film and television. They also do a lot of, they do some music production and some, uh, you know, corporate and radio, that kind of thing. They're kind of an all purpose studio um but in that case i was in a room that was probably 12 foot by 15 foot with probably at least maybe 10 foot ceilings um and you know i was and i was on mic in the middle of the room the walls themselves were made of a highly um sound absorbent um it was a you know a, a sound absorbent type of material um and so what you have is you, you have a cleaner sound without the boxiness of being inside a, a you know a booth so why did i say all that well you're talking about i think a lot of times us actors we we f can feel confined by the spaces we're in when we when we do that kind of recording and so i just think it's helpful and uh but even in the larger space sometimes it's helpful to like help yourself get into the scene that you're you're looking at uh, i would like to think that um at a certain point, I, I would love for somebody to experiment with recording uh, in, in like a VR, like a, using a VR, a VR, because I've already thought over the years that like being in the booth and a lot of times you're in the booth and the, the lights are dimmed or they're not even at all. And all you have is the screen that's in front of you. And, uh, you know, we're trying to. But after you've been in the booth for a couple of hours with a show, you almost feel like you're on set. Yeah. you know in that world with those characters and um and i've thought well that would it would be a step further to actually put you on mic and use a vr headset and actually be able to to really be on set like you're really you know one of the characters and and who cares about the mic you know you can you know if the if the room is done right you can put the mics you know 
a, a good distance away from the actor and you just, you know, maybe have one lav mic. So anyway, That'd be really uh, no, cool. one's, no one's asking for my advice on these things, but I, I have we, lots of opinions. We could, you know, in, in years to come, they could, who knows what technology would be like. Right. That'd be cool though. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Kicking off with the Walking Dead questions. Were you a fan before you were cast? Not really. Not really. I knew I knew of the show, but I I don't claim to have you know that I was like a big fan of the comic book. Yeah. Um, um, I, uh, I you know I think I probably watched the first. I don't know if I'd watched the first episode. I probably had. I loved the first season. I just thought it was just the the first season was so tight and concise and shocking and and it was just such a great it, it, you know it became something different obviously you know zombies are scary in a certain way but you know after 100 episodes they're just not scary in that yeah. way anymore and um um but yeah you know i had auditioned before i you know i had auditioned for the show when it was initially um um you know coming around and and uh, I think I'd read for Merle and I'd read for a character Otis who was the farmhand in the first or second season uh, oh yeah from, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah and um, I think I'd read for another character uh, but that's how it goes you know you just you read for characters and you're not quite right or someone else is right, more right or better uh, they have a better read that day and um, you know if you if, if what you're turning in is good enough and interesting enough, they'll keep bringing you back. Yeah. And of course, you know, series are, are written as they're being shot. You know, they're, they don't, they don't necessarily know what the show is going to look like a year or two seasons or whatever from now. And, and so there's constantly writing. So what you hope is in a popular show like that, that, you know, something comes up that you're really right for and that, you know, there's just this, uh, you know, this sort of happy meeting of, of you know preparation and circumstance and and you get called back in and it happens and so yeah i, I suppose that happened for me yeah which is good because how, and then in that case how was the how did you get cast for the role as tobin yeah it was uh, it was it was another audition after i hadn't auditioned for a a, a good while i, I yeah. suppose you could say i'd kind of forgotten about it and um and then we had another audition come through and uh it was for a character not named Tobin and the scene was fairly pedestrian I mean it wasn't it wasn't it was a scene that was written for the audition actually yeah it wasn't from the show but it was a construction supervisor if you can imagine that uh, who uh, was I'm trying to think he, he had an injury that happened on his job site and he was sort of struggling for some reason with how to handle it and he was kind of having this conversation with someone who was in the room with him and it was it was uh it was not quite a parallel to Tobin's initial yeah but it it kind of it kind of caught the essence of the guy and yeah. uh you know and that's all they needed that's what they wanted and so then I I found out I got cast and uh, Owen by the way um they've changed the name of the character for some reason. I'm in, and of course it was, it was Tobin all along, but it was just that, you know, they were, they were keeping it, at a certain point they realized we can't keep sending sides out, you know, yeah. for people to audition because somebody's going to leak those sides. 
and it's going to give away plot points. And, and I'm sure you're probably aware that the show, I don't know if this is still the case, but the show has a pretty aggressive spoiler community that it like really kind of uh yeah once you know like they they try to get as many details as early on it's almost i don't know why it's a bit like it's become a sport it became a sport for them yeah i mean most people like to view their things spoiler free they don't want to know all those details but i suppose it's possible to make a sport out of learning you know as much as you can and then watching it to see if you were right it's so, crazy. I don't know how yeah. they, they get everything dead on. I don't know how they know. It's... Well, I I give you some ideas how they know. <laughs> there are, I mean, there are days on the set when there are anywhere from 20 to 30 extras, plus all the, all the people that play zombies. I mean, True. you know, you know that like there are, there are a lot of people and, and I, and of course there are, there are crew, but then there are other people they bring in as ancillary. In other words, what I'm trying to say, not to, you know, not to throw our background community under the bus. What I am trying to say is that we have a, it's not a small, concise, or yeah, tight. That makes sense. It's a big group. It's a big group. It's hundreds and hundreds of people that make that show. And I do think there can be among them, uh, among those folks, there can be some who kind of have a little fun with kind of allowing themselves to slip a little bit of information. And they might not even realize they're doing it. That's the thing, Tyler. They could just be like, I'm going to take a selfie because this <laughs> is such a cool opportunity. And like the selfie includes other people and details and dates and yeah. and the, the sort of the amateur walking dead sleuthing community there you know they've got like a basement with like you know it's like they're tracking a serial killer and they've got like strings from everything you know and they and they figure it out yes. they figure it out i walked out of my trailer one one morning and there was andy lincoln and we were having a conversation and i looked up and this particular day we were at the alex sort of the alexandrian set and i looked out across this like because you you could see the street there's like a coffee shop and then it kind of there's like a railroad that goes past yeah uh this is in um this is in sonoya and um but i looked and like in a tree about maybe 150 yards away on the other side of the fence because <laughs> the set itself that you know this is base camp but it's locked down yeah. you can't just come in and out but like in a tree was like someone with a, a you know, a, a camera. They were oh. like, I could see the, I could, let's see like a long lens. They were, they were shooting us standing around having a smoke and a conversation. And I was just like, what? You got up early. It was probably 6.30 in the morning too. <laughs> I mean, I just was astonished at the energy that, that some of these folks have. But I can picture that. that's how they do it. I mean, spies. Yeah. spies that's how they do it you know i could yeah i could just pick i've i've been to to uh sonoy sonoy and i could just see someone you know in a tree just yeah yeah it's a it's Doing a it getting a scoop it's, how did what is it like inside because you know you was in there for for, for ages was like inside in, uh alexandria because I've, I've seen it from the outside in person but not oh, oh. inside so 
you know, it's it is a uh, it is a small community of yeah. of homes, and and people live there. Believe it or not, people don't. Some people don't realize. They think that's all just a set. Yeah, but in fact, it was intentionally. Um, it was built as a small, probably gated community. We have a lot of those in the states, um, yeah. and. Uh, uh, and it's a it's a it's a beautiful little community. These are like little, you know, the, you've seen the homes you've seen. I mean, it, it is. And many of those scenes, particularly if you think about uh, in inside the various homes when you're in Alexandria, yeah. uh, certainly Deanna's, uh, you know, uh, house. Uh, those are all practical inside those homes. So, you know, a lot of times in Hollywood, you know, your outsides and your insides are totally yeah. different. You know, you have a. Uh, you know, a set somewhere, they just shoot the exterior and then you go shoot the interior somewhere else on a soundstage. That's fairly typical. But in the case of Alexandria, they, they used the insides of the homes. In some cases, they built mock-up homes that looked like they would fit in the neighborhood. But in fact, they were empty, completely empty. They were literal sets. So you'd see the front porch and the door, but you'd walk in and it would be just dirt and poles and and set pieces so they did they did augment yeah the look of, you know by you know by adding those elements and adding homes and like tobin's house i think was a complete mock-up well of course it was because then they blew it up if you remember at a certain yeah. point in season whatever it was whatever yeah. season it was but yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they blew it, it was when you died yeah yeah see the name right yeah 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 um, but I was there when the tower fell. Uh, that was an amazing, uh, experience to see happen live. Um, and, uh, the church, so the homes themselves are there. It's really interesting. Once you get inside the gates, um, you know, it's all very fairly secure. Yeah. Um, you can walk around a lot of times, um, when we would be waiting between scenes, um, we would just be sitting in one of the houses, you know, we would have, you know, one of the houses might be used that day for hair and makeup possibly. So, um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it felt like home, you know, for a while. Uh, so. Were the walls, uh, made from the show or they the, the actual walls from the real community? Yeah. The, 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 those definitely, that is not an That is not an architectural style in the United States to have these sort of yeah. giant rusty, uh, walls, um, in, in, in reality, um, you know, if, well, if the walking dead had never, you know, invested in that neighborhood and become, you know, become what it was, um, that would have just been like a mix of like brick and iron, yeah. you know, very kind of, you know, tasteful and, and appropriate, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that, though, that was definitely, those walls were definitely erected for the show. Yeah. And, and I imagine it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not permanent for that neighborhood. Yeah. I, I it, it's, it's, it, I can almost see that neighborhood becoming kind of a theme park for walking dead fans. Yeah, definitely. It's possible because the town itself, as you know, was also, uh, figured heavily in the sort of the governor's arc. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a fan and you go to Sonoya, you're walking around downtown Woodbury. <laughs> and then if you cross the railroad tracks, 
um, you're you're getting into uh, Alexandria. It's a very unintentional yeah. thing, and I do know that the show, you know, via AMC as well as some of the producers of the show, have bought homes there and 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 are you know. So these lovely folks who bought homes before the show moved in and thought, <laughs> oh yeah, sure, we'll give you access to our neighborhood for a couple of years and make some money. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up moving, like getting a very, yeah. a very handsome offer uh, to just move on, build over, you know, build, a, you know, a few <laughs> miles away, but we're going to turn this into the walking dead theme park. Um, what's interesting is Sonoya. It's an old town in Georgia. It's been there for a while. And, and prior to the walking dead, it was, it had also been known as a, a shooting location for a couple of other movies, including I think one called Fried Green Tomatoes. Um, I don't know if Driving Miss Daisy was one of them, but it was actually known as a, a shooting location. All right. But those those projects have been quite overshadowed by now. I mean, you've got The Walking Dead yeah. uh, sort of cafe or whatever. You've got, you know... Uh, um, Everything's down there now. Yeah, Norman owns a restaurant there. Um um, but my favorite spot was the coffee shop. Did you go to the coffee shop when you were I there, the one down by the railroad tracks? Didn't. No, I. We, no. Sonoya Coffee. No, actually, yeah, they roast their own beans. They're very good. I mean, I highly recommend. You can probably order it online. But it's. Uh, but it was always, for me, it was always a quick stop. Like before, yeah. Hail it. You know, if I had, if I knew I had time, like I'm at, you know, I'm at base camp, but I know I don't have to be on set. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna pop over to the coffee shop. Hopefully, nobody sees me. You know, yeah. you kind of put on your kind of run over there because you're not you're not technically in the set, you know, in the in base camp when you yeah. run over there and, you know, potentially fans could stop you. But, you know, I was always you any, just get in and out. Did you have any bad fan react or weird fan encounters? Not so much in person, um, although there was a while like when 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 I would go to a convention uh, like a you know pop culture convention and, yeah. and people would either confuse me for a different character <laughs> um, or or they wouldn't like me because I played Tobin and Tobin was trying to get with Carol right and they and you have these oh, uh, they're, they're these, still about they're... yeah sh shippers you know and I'm like I am so not about that I just I don't have a diff I don't have that way of interacting with sh shows television yeah. film I don't ship characters I just kind of accept yeah what I'm offered right like and either I react to that or I don't but I don't like cross my fingers and hope that these two characters they belong together they need like it's not yeah no I, I like, we need understand. to you know we need to better understand why these characters are together or why yeah. they're not that will help you enjoy the show more because you will enjoy it on a different level but what you do when you ship characters is you say i don't accept this story i like this story but i don't accept it it needs to be more like i want it to be no come on i i don't know i, I agree that, but anyway. I, I like Tobin and Carol together. Yeah, I mean, it was appropriate. I mean, I think it, it told a certain part of the story. I think it definitely helped. I think it helped. Uh, it helped the Carol character develop, which is yeah, which definitely. was the point. It was saying something about where she was in her life and what she needed and what she was willing to sacrifice. Yeah. And and um, 
and you know it, it 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 was it was not meant to be more important i think than that yeah um but uh but it was it was simple and it was real and it was true and i think it was in, in a sense it was saying if not for the apocalypse carol might have ended up with a guy like tobin like she i think they would have been a good fit for each other outside of the apocalypse she would be he would be like a really decent guy after all that she'd been through with her previous husband being in an abusive relationship and having lost you know her daughter um and to find a guy that's like sensitive and and giving and you know and and like she deserved that i think yeah. and in a sense in real life you would if you had a friend like carol you would maybe hope to set her up with somebody you wouldn't set her up with daryl you just wouldn't and, oh, and <laughs> i'm gonna get so much i'm gonna catch so much hell for saying that from oh. from a certain segment of our fans but yeah, i think it's true i mean i think it's true you just you know you you wouldn't set your your you wouldn't set your friend up who had been through those experiences with a guy who's kind of the bad boy. Listen, I love Daryl. I mean, when I, when Daryl, the character was introduced on the show, he quickly became one of my favorites because I loved Norman Reedus's work as the character. I thought it was sensitive and like, I, I, it was, I thought it was moving, especially in his, it was such great nonverbal acting. Yeah. And he's fine when he speaks, but my point was just that you could read so much. Um, uh, so I'm a fan, like I'm a big fan of Daryl. I just don't, I don't need for care. What I'm saying is I don't need for certain characters to get together and it, it doesn't bother me when they do. And it doesn't bother me when they don't, yeah. it should just be true to the story and should not be something I think that's dictated by popular whim. And that's yeah, all I'm going to say about that. I completely agree with that one. That I fully agree with the with the Carol Daryl relationship thing. It's it's crazy to see now, especially I don't know if you've uh, seen Osiris Media or watched the episode. Daryl hooks up with a new character called Leah. Right, I've heard uh, of it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, let's scream. Let's scream about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, no, I, I just don't know how you can. I, look, what I what I what I would say then, what I was saying back then was just, you know, especially amongst friends, was like I don't, I don't care how somebody interacts with the show. If you're a fan of the show and you, you kind of enjoy rooting for different possible outcomes, and you're still there when it happens or not, then fine, you know. But it does, it 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 does reach into our lives in a little bit of in yeah. in a way. I mean, I mean, I was, I was catching all kinds just just me as an actor, like online, I was getting all kinds of like messages and, and like really awful memes um, that were forwarded uh, from, uh, from, from, from fans who did not like the, the fact that Carol and, and Tobin were, were getting together. I think I had, and this is the other thing, I, there was a banner at a pop culture convention yeah. uh, that I was in front of and somebody thought it would be funny to if i would you know we have these little markers and so we write you know we sign autographs and whatnot and yeah and and we sign our banners and it's kind of a courtesy that we do for the show because then the show can do something with the banner i don't know if yeah. they, they did or not but 
somebody thought it'd be funny and i agreed i thought it would be funny too to make a little heart you know like carol plus tobin or something you know like you would scrawl onto a tree and anyway there were a bunch of photos of me in front of my banner with that you know little yeah that little silly you know thing that i had done which was really just there for kind of the just for chuckles, right? It was there for the fans that were there in person to see that I had done that. It was nothing. But but certain fans like saw that in the pictures and they got so pissed off. Like that they thought that I, Jason Douglas, the actor, was sort of like clout chasing, <laughs> right? By associating myself and my character with, the, you know, the great Carol, you know? and. And I just, I don't know how people have time to sit around and let their wheels turn in that way and come up with that stuff it, and then get online and like start banging on their keyboard, you know, bah, 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 I'm going to send that man. I'm going to let him have it. Like yeah, what it, lesson are you trying to teach me? How am I going to do things any different? I'm not, what, what is that going to, I don't know. I see anyway. Um, Seth, I don't know what, I haven't really read it, but Seth is going through that. He's going through uh, hate towards him now, like same as Josh. It just, yeah, it's just they, I don't get how they can't break between character and and actor. If you don't like the character, you know, oh well, it's not. I was uh, I was at Madison Square Garden for the premiere of season five, I guess. I think that's right. And um, when I want to say, yeah, it was when Seth was introduced. Yeah, you know he was a very recent addition to the show at that point, still new, and father, uh, whatever you know, his character was really you know kind of uh, morally questionable, and but he's a good actor. Seth is a good yeah. actor, and and we should embrace our actors. We should embrace our good actors, whether they're playing good guys or bad guys. They're yeah. not their characters. They're totally different, and. Seth is a fine, fine actor. He's a great comedic actor, by the way. Um, he's also a great dramatic actor. He's played Othello, um, you know, at the Houston Shakespeare Festival that I know about. I mean, the guy has chops. He's good. He was introduced and he was booed. And he was booed by some of the, like a big segment of the, of the fans who had come to MSG that night. And, uh, he his mom was in the like it was a special night for him. he had invited his mom he yeah. was he was quite devastated by that okay. he was quite devastated by that and and i know um you mentioned josh and i know josh has had, had similar experiences when uh when eugene started to kind of turn like it's fans have to understand that and most most do let's just be clear yeah yeah most fans one percent totally get it but it only takes a small segment of very vocal um keyboard warriors and and such to to like really make uh to to really kind of echo around and suddenly sound like it's just a, a chorus of booze um, um and and that affects people and there's no reason for it yeah, you know, it's, it's not even as if we're writing our characters. We're not. <laughs> we are not. Seth has nothing to do with, uh, you know, what father. Uh, why am I blanking on his character Gabriel. name? Yeah, it's Gabriel. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, but he has nothing to do with that. His job is to show up, get in costume, say the words. And 
that's it. That's his job is to be the character in the moment. A writer came up with that plot, you know, uh, 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 someone else comes up with these things. Mm -hmm. Showrunners and writers rooms have predetermined the outcome of what these characters are going to do and say and who they're going to kiss and who they're going to sleep with and who they're going to kill. And um, our jobs as actors is to bring that experience to life. Yeah. And if you're watching something and you're horrified by it and it makes you angry and you're in, and, and you, then, then the actor probably did a pretty good job right. because that's our yeah. job is to move you. It's our job to do it believably and, uh, and, 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 and not do it in a way that, that is, you know, hammy and kind of, you know, lacks veracity. I mean, our job is to shock you. Our job is to, in some cases, make you fall in love with us. But in other cases, it's to make you, you know, horrified and yeah. and scared. And, and so that's just us doing our job. Don't, you know, don't crucify actors for doing their job. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I don't know if you've seen it, if you've seen Bones, there was a uh, the Gravedigger character, which is you know she's awful, and every time we see her, like, oh, she fucking dies, and then she does. But it, that's what you know an actor can do if they can make you yeah. hate that character so much, then it's you know it's it's well done. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, Xander Berkeley from yeah. the show loved his work every time he was on screen i was just glued to what he was doing it was so nuanced and detailed and it was it was just rich there was so much going on yeah. and he caught a lot of hell like people people hated that character like what's your least favorite character well, it's gregory right isn't that was that his character's name yeah uh, yeah yeah i forget but but in fact it was funny it yeah was I, I, I it was funny you know, like it was, it was, I loved seeing him, but again, not a likable character. You know, it, it's not like he's, for me, sometimes you like a character regardless of their sort of, uh, you know, moral position yeah. on, in the show uh, because it's, it's deliciously acted by a really yeah. competent performer. And, and so I think we can have both. You know, I like to think yeah. we can we can have both. You know, we can have characters we hate, but that we love to hate. Yeah, I mean, one of the most iconic characters in American television is uh, J.R. Ewing. You know, the oil baron. Yeah. Uh, character on the television show Dallas, and he was famously known as 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 uh, the the character that we most love to hate. He was ruthless. <laughs> Um, but he was sort of fun in his ruthlessness. Yeah. It was fun to watch. There's a reason shows get phen phenomenal ratings, um, and it's not because everyone is singing Kumbaya. Nope, I, can, I completely agree. Um, what was your favorite episode to film uh, out of your 25 episodes, which is amazing? I always say it's the last one. It was, I mean, it's not always, you know, that's not true of every show that I've done. I'm just yeah. saying on, on the walking dead, that was my favorite episode because it was Tobin's best episode. It was a very good episode. Second only maybe like I could certainly make an argument for, um, you know, the season six kind of like the scene with obviously with Carolyn Tobin and sitting on the porch and yeah. the, 
the kiss, you know, and the conversation. That was a really lovely scene, like something out of, I don't know, I, I would be overstepping here, but, but it felt like a classic piece of, of, of American theater in certain ways, just two yeah. sort of characters sitting on a porch who are at crossroads in their lives, and, and uh, there was just some very nice dialogue some of which didn't make it into the final scene, which was disappointing. Yeah. But um, that was that was a lot of fun. But the final episode, that was straight out of that was straight out of classic horror. I mean, it was a Franken it was Frankenstein. To be honest with yeah, you, was, Jeff January, uh, who directed that episode, um, uh, was definitely going for the Frankenstein vibe. Yeah. And um, but it was a chance for me to do all the things with Tobin that I wanted. I always said I hoped Tobin, when he goes out, he dies with his boots on, and he did. He was he was right there in the battle. He was taking shots at the enemy. He was involved in that. So the first half of the show, I got to be Tobin, classic Tobin. Um, he gets bit. I get to have closure with Carol. Um, uh, some very nice scenes, and then the second half for me was, um, you know, Walker. Yeah. Uh, and, and getting to kind of go through that. So I really, in that one episode, I kind of got the full arc of, of what it means to be on The Walking Dead. Yeah. You know, the walkers and the, the survivors and, and, um, and, and, and I, got to, I got to have close scenes with most of the principal cast. And these are people that I had gotten to know yeah, over time. Melissa you're... McBride and Andy Lincoln and Norman was on set and, and, uh, um, and as well as some of the new guys like Avi Nash, who I loved on the show. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so it, I, it was just a, that episode and that, those episodes leading up to it were a really, I felt like for me, a really fun time on the show because there were yeah. so many of us working and doing these really like action oriented things. It wasn't, it wasn't as oppressive as it felt, you know, let's say during uh, a lot of season seven i guess when yeah. you know it was all like uh, uh uh you know we were all just kind of under siege yeah uh, so that's that's what i liked about season seven because it was so it was season eight sorry it was like you and eric and all the smaller characters that i enjoy watching yeah going out yeah. kicking ass and i mean both sadly dying but right yeah yeah at the point at the at the at the point before i knew that i was going my character was sort of going in a direction that i'd hoped he would go which was again you you see me more and more you see tobin more and more on the front lines gun yeah. in hand you know protecting people um you know you saw him with uh judith with baby judith you know like you know yeah. carrying baby judith in the backpack that should have been an iconic image just the idea of like yeah, there's a little old Tobin, you know, and there's Judith and there's something cool going on there. But, you know, a lot of times you 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 realize you're on the show. You 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 have to kind of build up a character in order to make his their their parting or their death. Yeah. More meaningful. And um, um, and I think, you know, sometimes that's a complaint that that some fans have had is just like somebody died this week and I'm supposed to care, but I don't really know much about that character. So, yeah. you know, and so, you know, from a dramatic standpoint, it's, it's always better to have, uh, if, if you have to lose a character, it should be meaningful. It should hurt to the audience and it should feel like a loss rather than just something that's just 
serving a plot point and wasteful. No, yeah, I completely. I I get more attached to the smaller characters, which is they're not really smaller, but the you know not the the Caro and Daryl ones. But I, I mean, I, I like uh, Caro, but it's just like it's more sad for me when like you did when you died or Eric died or uh, hers really small. Just anyone really small is more like great. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 of course you mentioned Eric, and and that was handled so meaningfully and tenderly, and like it was just, it was exactly right. I mean, it was yeah. a, it it just it had a beautiful um, moment. There was a moment as well when I think he's he's under a tree and you see him from a distance, and there was just a lot of thought yeah. that was put into like how are we saying goodbye to this character, um, and. Uh, you know, the opposite was when I think of, of uh, 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 I'm trying to think, Anne, Anne Mahoney's character. Uh, uh, Olivia. Yeah, Olivia. I feel like we should have been able to care more about her. I mainly say that because I love Anne Mahoney and I, yeah. I think she's a, such a phenomenal actress. And, uh, and she just was sort of unceremoniously you know, shot yeah. in the head. And we, then there wasn't a ton more, you know, discussed. There wasn't a lot of discussion or like good grief. What happened? You know, and that's a character that was, I think should have had more life, right? Like at least based on the comic book. So I understand obviously yeah. there's differences between the show and the comic, but it was unexpected. I think it was unexpected. Yeah, yeah. And died a lot later in the comics, in the, in the yeah. comics, I believe. Right, right, right. And I, I, again, it's just interesting to me because I think, Anne is such a great actress that she could have yeah. character. She could have carried any sort of plot line or, or, or dialogue that they had thrown her way. So, yeah. but you know, you know, decisions are made. True. Um, are you, you and Eric got like a, a so much better comic death. Because I mean, Eric was just shot in the head, and I think Tobin was just devoured by walkers in the comics. I believe, if I'm correct. Right. So in the comic, um, Tobin, Tobin, it's, it's when the, actually when the, when the zombie horde invades Alexandria, yeah. the tower, uh, you know, comes down, the walls come down, the horde invades. And I think the last thing we see of Tobin is, um, him kind of basically saying, you know, you, I'll, I'll handle this. You go, you know tell like i'm gonna so yeah. it was like a nice little arc for a, a very minor character because initially he had been this like cowardly guy and then he he kind of becomes one of rick's at least the 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 kind of the the ethos of the group becomes he adopts it and so the idea yeah. of course is that he dies with his boots on like he 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 sacrifices himself for the benefit of the community and um, of course that episode the, the horde invasion came and went and um and uh and tobin was still alive you expect so, him to get killed off uh yes yeah i was expecting um i didn't expect to last as long as i did on the show yeah i mean i took the job when i got it when i got the job i knew right off the bat that i had three episodes i think and and that it was just through three episodes toward the end of season five. And then I knew that my character wasn't dead. And that, so I had this cool, I, you know, I was like, this is great. You know, that's going to, they're going to come back for season six. I'm going to be there. 
at the top of season six for a couple episodes. And I mean, when you know, when you're sort of a journeyman actor and you get more than one episode of of anything, you're you're thrilled. You think, well, you know, because it's one thing to do a co-star, which yeah. is you know a fairly minor, but you know you're there. You've got lines. You know, on one episode, one and done, it's a paycheck. Um, uh, you know, it's part of the pursuit. It's okay. We all do them. Um, but to, it feels like a big graduation when you go from doing co-stars to doing a recur. So like now you're a recurring co-star, maybe somebody who's still a very minor character, but we see them from time to time. Um, and, uh, and then of course the next level up is to become a guest star. And then, and then, and then you get in, now we're getting into the weeds of kind of like industry speak, but but th there are ways of graduating a character and an actor up into bigger and better roles. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's fair to say that Tobin started off as a kind of an interesting recurring co-star type character. And he kind of graduated up a little bit. I won't, you know, try to say where he was <laughs> other than to mention, you know, when I would do, in, in the later seasons that I was a part of, I was always build up front. So I was, you know, you would see my name at the front of the show. Yeah. Um, and that says a little bit, I mean, it says, I suppose it says something about me, but I like to think that it says something about Tobin as a character. In other words, yeah. that we, we see that Tobin is at least in some way important to the world of the walking dead. Even if, even if a lot of characters, some, or what I mean is even if a lot of our audience might not give him that, do yeah. right but at least on set and within the writer's room and within the world that we're thinking about on set you know i think when when you know i would like to think that you know when andy's thinking about his role uh uh you know rick's leadership of who well at the time it was his leadership of not just his group but the people of alexandria which were represented by people like me and and Mahoney and and, uh, and 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 the others. And so there is a sense of this is our family. Like this is a family of people who yeah. are trying to do life together and survive, you know, together. And um, and so so, yeah, that's, you know, it, it you know, life and and art can bleed together a bit, especially when you're working for so long on a project, yeah, like you know, go back to your walker. How was being a walker? Because that's that must be so cool to actually play a walker yeah yeah it was uh it was great i mean it was um it, it was really uh, it, it, in some senses it was a chance to break the constraints of who tobin was right yeah. you know tobin being kind of this you know uh stoic sort of introspective character not yeah not completely emotive or or demonstrative in his actions and 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 it's interesting to play the opposite which is to play essentially a movie monster um so so it was fun it was fun uh it, it was uh, it, you know we have a lot of fans of the show that that often have you'll know, come up to you and just say i'd love to just come be a walker for one day like they, yeah. you know and i realize you know like, i get to live that i got to live that you know like yeah. we, we as you know we as actors we get to live that every day and and i got to be a part of that i got to see the show from from that standpoint you know i get you know you're no longer sitting in the 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 normal sort of makeup trailer 
yeah. when you're a walker. Now you're going over to the effects makeup trailer. So it's a different group of people that do the effects makeup and the, you know, and the contacts, the whole nine, you know, the, the whole, the whole bit. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, you, you become part of a department. It's like you yeah. become part of the effects <laughs> department. You're not just an actor, but like, you, you know, you are part of you're their product. Like they have yeah. to make you and you have to represent them well. And so, um, I definitely felt that. And, and, uh, um, and those scenes were fun. You know, I got to bite flesh and tear, you know, yeah. blood and, you know, you know, all good old, you know, Halloween style fun, if you will. How long did it take? Not long at all, actually. Yeah. If you're talking about getting made up, yeah. you know, uh, Tobin was freshly dead. So uh, there were really no prosthetics required. Just some, sure, yeah. uh, some you know, makeup effects that, that, you know, that give you that sort of dead flesh look. And then, of course, the, um, the, uh, uh, the contacts, which there were several sets uh one of them were completely opaque. You just couldn't see through them at all. Maybe just light. Uh, the, there was another set that had a tiny hole in the middle so that you could see kind of tunnel vision. You could see right in front of you. Yeah. But um, that's the thing is that when you're an up-close, when you're an up-close walker uh, and you're wearing these contacts, you really can't see. You have to have someone, someone is constantly having to kind <laughs> of guide you to where you need to be. And believe me, like trying to hit marks and you know, blocking and do blocking yeah. and you can't see what you're doing that's uh that's quite a what a challenge so did you get a deaf dinner you know they're they're a thing um no like not not in a sort of formal sense uh yeah. it was a very busy time on the show a lot of actors kind of coming and going um yeah i i like to think that my catering that day or at least you know the 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 week that I was gone was stellar. And the, I remember it, it, the food was always good. They always served good food to the cast because good food, yeah. good morale. It's, it's, you know, it's not just the cast that eats that, by the way, it's everyone, you know, yeah. the, the, the background actors, it's the entire crew. Uh, so they're really feeding the company. Uh, and, um, but, but I think I, I'll just say, I think the catering went up a few notches for whatever reason. And I'd had good food on set before, but you know, I was thinking that I was sitting there eating, you know, like it was like prime rib or something. And I was just thinking, what? well, I don't think I would have gotten better food than this had I gone out to some local restaurant and had drinks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was pretty happy with it. And I had gone out, you know, I had previously, I'd gone out with cast members before and, and, you know, to local uh, watering holes, I guess you might say, and had drinks and conversation. So I didn't need to sort of solemnize my departure with a yeah. uh, a dinner. If you uh, could pick anyone from the show as a zombie apocalypse partner, who would it be? Um, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, so like in a spin-off show kind of situation. Oh, even better, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I uh, so I, I guess I have maybe two answers. And I'm not going to pick anybody like top, you know, top I'm I'm going to stay out of the top cast. So I'm not going to go for like uh it'd be me and Andy, you know. Um I would say um and also because these are people that I sort of became friends with and I think yeah. it would be fun to work with them. Um but um, the first one would be uh, Kenrick Green, 
um because he and i we we hey we found we were in scenes a lot together and he and i, I, I he when when we were kind of hanging out on set he was such an easy guy to have a conversation with you know yeah. just people you know people hit it off and you you know it's you know you find that you have common interests and um and then we ended up having a lot of scenes together where we're kind of side by side you know in the battle and then so we started talking we decided that we decided they should shoot what's called a bottle episode but uh it, not exactly that but just an episode about about kenrick or about uh, what's his character's name um uh, Scott, yeah, That's Scott it. and Tobin having to sort of, uh, you know, like run for supplies, right? Oh, it, yeah. It would just be like, it would be an episode where Scott and Tobin have to go out and get some urgently needed supplies, and we come under attack, and it's all about just our characters, like, fighting and surviving and, you know, having conversation, you know, like that kind of thing, the kind of a buddy, you know, adventure type of type of episode um so i don't know if anybody would watch that but that would be a ton of fun but i think it, you know I, I think it would be ironic though if 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 it were like tobin and um dahlia dahlia's character dahlia Legault's. Uh, oh yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. Francine. Uh, francine yeah of course tobin and francine because she clocks him like in the first episode <laughs> that they have together you know like it's a pretty convincing shot yeah. So I think it would be uh, it that would be a fun pairing. And again, she was somebody that we we all hung out together. So I know it would be uh, a ton of fun. And uh, so yeah, maybe maybe one or one of one or both of those. They could happen. Uh, there's another new spinoff called Tales of the Walking Dead, which apparently is like uh, one-off episodes of Dead, either Dead titles or just right. of characters. So. It could bring you back. Sure, I mean it's like kind of an anthology show, right? That's yeah, so it, uh, I, I've said, yeah, I've actually said this. Like we should, you know, maybe that's what we need to do is just revisit kind of Tobin origin story, or maybe, maybe even a side story. Like it takes place within the uh, timeline of yeah. what we know about Tobin, but just a, maybe reuniting him with other characters in a story that maybe we didn't see. You know, kind of oh, yeah. as if it were maybe an unaired episode from one of those seasons, but that'd be good. My actually, my friend had one of those posts that uh, turned into this. Um, did you come up with a backstory for Tobin? I imagined that Tobin was. I did. I mean, I thought about this. I didn't. I, I'm not someone that felt like I needed to nail everything down and sort of have it all figured out, but I. Yeah. I felt like it made sense, kind of the general direction of his past. Um, I definitely felt like he was sort of blue collar, middle management, um, um, family, um, and we know he had a family, or ha you know, has or had one at some point because yeah. it's alluded to, but it's never really visited. So we don't meet Tobin's kids or yeah. his ex-wife um his you know estranged wife his missing wife you know we don't we don't know the show never really visited it or or talked about it um but but yeah it's sort of yeah I, I i think as much as as much as i think tobin was kind of a bellwether for the alexandrian sort of worldview and and kind of way of doing life i think i think in his 
day, you know, before the apocalypse, I, I imagined that he was kind of a go along to get along kind of guy. He was probably very, you know, just trying to fit in to whatever world he was in. He was comfortable, kind of played it safe, you know, was, um, uh, you know, and I, I, I yeah, it, and, and, and in that sense, it seems unremarkable. Um, but I think that's part of who Tobin was, is that he, 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 he realized he needed to become something more than himself. And, yeah. and, um, and I think that's, you know, that's the walking dead. That's Carol's story. Yeah. Right? If you go take it back to the beginning, I mean, that's, that's sort of, uh, if, if, if you had, if you only watched, let's just say, let's, let's just say you'd only watched the first season of the walking dead. I don't think you would have figured that Carol Peltier would have, would become this major, um, you know, like, like kick-ass action hero that she became in, in the, in the later seasons. You yeah. just wouldn't, there was no clue about that. There was no, and she was playing someone that doesn't in, in film, I guess it, it, it's a type of character that doesn't typically rise out of that. It's a bit more of a cliche, a stereotype, if you will, uh, you know, kind of the, the 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 quieter figures the the kind of the the victim right it's yeah. you know on a, on law and order it's she's the she's the guest star of the episode that's really about what crimes her husband committed she gets interviewed she had no idea you know and 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 uh, and then and then you move on but but um but i do think that's why people love carol yeah and i understand why people get passionate about her uh and it's 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 because they see in her in many cases and i've talked to i've talked to some of the fans i mean they see in her experiences that they have had in their own life and so they identify a lot and they like to think i can overcome my you know challenges in the same way that um carol overcame hers and yeah. so she's kind of a hero of a certain kind of um you know self realization and and actualization um yeah. and and uh so that's good uh, i've got two more um do you think you could survive an apocalypse as in you you <laughs> well i suppose it depends on the kind of apocalypse like walking dead not like world war z because no <laughs> yeah yeah, like yeah. like walking dead apocalypse. Well, I don't know. I don't. I I suppose survival depends on not being bit or otherwise infected. Sure. Um, it 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 depends on um, sort of being someone who can is resilient under you know horrific circumstances. Yeah. Um, I mean. It's tough. I think we all like to think we could survive something, yeah. but you know, we just had a major freeze here in North Texas a yeah. few weeks ago and it absolutely staggered people. I mean, it yeah. was it was it was unexpected. It was it was it came on very suddenly and and had a, an effect that no one would have anticipated. And people were people did okay, but people died as well and people were scrambling for fresh water, um, uh, for heat. Um, so, uh, 
That's another thing that's not really explored on the show, is it? What happens in the wintertime? True, you'd have all those corpses to freeze out there, wouldn't you? I had one episode um, just mm -hmm. after the pike scene, which is that was kind of cool to see everything all frozen, but yeah, yeah. Um, my girlfriend wants to get into voice acting. Do you know what's the best way to get into voice acting? Uh, yeah, sure. There's no one best way. I mean, I think uh, it depends on the kind of voice acting that you, th well, even then. I, I've, I used to be really cavalier about how I answered this question, and I've, I've tried to be more thoughtful about it because not unlike any kind of acting, there's, there can be a lot of ways in to anything. Yeah. Not just one door. I mean, if you wanted to become a lawyer, a barrister, whatever you want to, you know, you, what would you do? What would you do? If you wanted to become a lawyer, what would you do? Well, you'd go to well, law school, yeah. first of all. Yeah. You? You'd go to college, you'd go to, you'd study law. Yeah. You'd go to law school. You'd go, there's a specific sort of path yeah. that, uh, that you would take. And it's not so in the arts. It's not so in the field of acting. Um, it is, um, um, and so I think it depends on where you're coming from as a performer. I know, com I know, uh, I know voice actors that came out of the realm of radio. I know voice actors that came out of the realm of stand-up comedy. Right. I know I know voice actors that that were stage actors like me. Um, I, I think the one thing though that I think a, a good voice actor needs to be a good actor. It's yeah. acting, and a lot of people that aspire to be voice actors, they think they can skip that step, or or they don't realize how important it is, and they don't take the time. So I always say, if you've never acted before, if you've never been on stage. Or if you have, but only in a like very kind of amateur situation, go uh, take an acting class, take an improv class if you have an improv class available. I love improv. I could go on forever about how great I think it is for people in general, but especially yeah. for actors. But take an acting class, and um, and then and then we can talk about the different paths available to getting in. Um, there are certain books that I recommend that are, do a really good job. Uh, one is called The Art of Voice Acting by James Allberger. Um, it's available via Amazon, and, and uh, it's a good introduction to the idea of having a career in voice acting, and he has very yeah. practical advice. He's not the only person that's written books. There are now lots of online workshops. Um, there is a group actually based out of the UK called The Voice it's called the voiceover network i think is what it's called yeah and uh it's a terrific resource for it's it, it's starting to spill over into the states as well but it's just a fantastically run little organization of like-minded people who are aspiring to either be a voice actor or to get better as a voice actor to network with other voice actors they have classes and online workshops all the time and the terrific thing about voice acting is that we can do these workshops really can be done from home yeah. and uh so it's uh it's it's a it's a great way in and so look up vo network i've done workshops for them and i know uh i've had fellow voice actors like uh, chris rager and chris sabbat and sean schemmel they've all done uh workshops with with this group and yeah. i think they have a uh like they do these like 
hour long sort of interviews where you can go and just like kind of hear other professional voice actors and they do that live and then they'll schedule sometimes the same uh, guest to come back and do like a three hour uh, workshop that you can then sign up for. And so I would just say to your girlfriend to see what resources are out there for training. You know, yeah. training is first and foremost. You have to train enough to know what you're doing and then to have the confidence to be able to go into a situation where you're getting paid. Um, but they're not just, nobody's just going to typically hire someone yeah. cold call. Hey, I think I'd like to be a voice actor. Okay. Come yeah. on in. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't happen that way. So that's good. Thank you very much. You have all our questions, but you know, hopefully one of the, this is completely off topic, but when your tweet about like and taco, so I wish, I wish I could give you a taco, you know, to <laughs> get sponsored by Taco Bell. That's quite funny, but yeah, 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 yeah. We uh, we have uh, we have an abundance of taco uh, options here in Texas, and uh, it is it is probably one of our iconic state foods. If not, it should be. Um, we have we have a very ethnically diverse population, and tacos can look like a lot of different things. You know, it can be a traditional sort of Tex-Mex style um, uh, food. Um, it can also be sometimes something that has Korean influences or Vietnamese influences. Um, uh, my current favorite taco to eat is a brisket taco. So it's like a smoked sort of Texas style smoked brisket beef taco, uh, you know, on a on a flour tortilla. Um, but uh, but yeah, tacos are a versatile food for the people yeah it was just I, I i like them but then the only reason my whole i guess brand is because have you seen avengers endgame uh yeah yeah of course of course when um scott lang paul rogers has that taco in his hand and right that was that was it yeah that's it the symbolism of the taco. You could do an entire episode just like examining um, kind of tacos in film or media and what does it represent? It's very, uh, it, it's sort of, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's a very, um, it's not elitist. You can't, there's no elitist taco. Yeah. Right. It's, it, it, it's very, um, it is very for the it's it's you know it's food for the people it's sold in various ways it's inexpensive to put together it can be incredibly delicious it's open to interpretation it's sold on food carts it's sold on street corners it's sold as fast food and again sometimes it is sold as 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 an upscale food but it, you know yeah. you can never forget it's this is a handheld flatbread with you know ingredients um, of your choice of your particular yeah. culture or of, of, of just whatever happens to be in, in, in your refrigerator. <laughs> so, you know, um, is it my favorite food? I don't know, but it's one of, it, I, we, you know, we eat it a lot. So it's, uh, it's definitely a, a staple. And that's the thing is you can eat tacos all the time and never have the same thing twice. True. True. Have you got anything you'd like to promote? Sure. 
I would love it if your uh, listeners would follow me. Um, not that I have anything terribly profound to say, but I'll try to offer content from time to time. I'm on um, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, not the personal side, but I do have a fan page. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm on Twitter, Mr. Jason Douglas on Twitter. And so anytime I'm doing something, if I'm doing a, a convention or if I have a, another movie or a film project coming out or if there's something else that I'm doing, um, I will generally always post something about that. And, and if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see some of what I'm cooking, which may at times include tacos. Uh, so in the description I, about uh, all the social media links so they can yeah, get yeah it. yeah and and now i'm using like linktree so if you go to ig and you go to like there's a linktree code it'll pop yeah. down and there'll be links to everything you know oh, pretty okay. much that i'm available for and um look out for a couple of things uh, i mentioned a movie redstone that i did with michael cudlitz so look out for that there's another horror movie that's making the festival circuit it's called cyst and it is exactly what it sounds like. It's really gross, and it's but it's uh, it's based on kind of a classic style of sort of 1960s B movie like horror uh, creature feature, and yeah. um, and so it's uh, it's getting good reviews on the festival circuit, and um, yeah, that's it. I've got an episodic coming up for a freeform. Um, I'm not sure NDA if I'm allowed to talk about it too much, so I'll just say that's another thing that's coming up. So. Yeah. Hope you'll keep me in your media diet somehow. Yeah, definitely. As soon as Thanks, um, tonight, I'm gonna. I haven't really. I'm not a big, big anime fan, but I'm definitely gonna watch um, uh, Dragon Ball Z because I was well, one sure. is just like I need to watch it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and uh, so you, you might you might just go find it, it. You might just go find that movie, which is Dragon Ball. Uh, Z Battle of the Gods. That movie was the was really the kind of the reboot of the franchise. Um, yeah. At that point, prior to that, there hadn't been any new material for like 17 years. And then oh, wow. Akira Toriyama, who who was the original creator of the series, he kind of came out of his own hibernation as far as Dragon Ball goes, and he was he just had this energy. He had this new energy to like recreate the show, and so he kind of. Um, he did that with uh, Battle of the Gods, and so that was where my character was really launched into the yeah. show for the first time. And so there were um, there were two movies: Dragon Ball Z: Battle of Gods, and then there was um, Resurrection F. Okay. Uh, and then subsequent to that, at, at some point during all of that, is when Dragon Ball Super, the new series started coming out yeah. subsequent or you know at the same time roughly as the manga was also had also already been released so yeah and then we just recently had another movie as i'm sure you know uh, uh dragon ball super broly uh with the broly character and uh now we're just kind of in hiatus again we're still doing the video games um that's cool it seems like annually there's a new dragon ball video game title that's released that's so uh so we still do those fans are really hoping that they pick up the series again because the manga is still going and they're really they're really enjoying that so watch that well, yeah. have, you, have you seen i don't know if you've ever heard of him there's a youtuber called ksi an english youtuber he's he's made or not he didn't make it but he paid like if i remember it's half a million he got a he got a massive neck chain of beerus wow 
Wow, I might have seen something like this. Someone sent me a link to someone who bought some jewelry, like some Beerus jewelry for an incredible amount of money. I was just yeah. like, wow. I don't, like, you spent more on that one piece than I've made in my entire career on Dragon Ball. Like, you know, that's astonishing. Uh, so where do I get a piece of that? I don't know. <laughs> I bet it's cool when it as you know as an actor seeing like, like which with uh, like the Walking Dead cards, the Dragon Ball Z cards, the the figures that must be just so yeah. cool for you and bizarre. Yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. I I was I was delighted to be included in the tops, you know, trading cards uh, for yeah. Dragon Ball as Tobin, of course, and then um, and of course uh, Beerus has a pop, King Cold has a pop, which is a character. Um, still don't have a pop for Krieg from Borderlands, which I think is astonishing. Yeah. Um, never had a pop for Tobin, uh, for Walking Dead. Yeah, I wish, um, I wish more of the yeah. characters got one. Hoping to get a pop, hoping we see a pop uh, for uh, Satan in Preacher, which I did, oh, which cool. I did the character of Satan for Preacher, so that would be cool. Um, but yeah, those are kind of my main characters, I think, that would have that kind of appeal yeah, I mean, I've played like lawyers and district attorneys <laughs> and things like that. You know, you don't make pops for those kinds of characters, but those other characters are like sort of big, broad, well-known yeah. uh, characters. And so, um, so who knows? Maybe, maybe. Fingers crossed. That'd Fingers be crossed. Well, thank you. Well, for, thanks, Tyler. Thank you for coming. Great talking to you. Thanks for being yeah. a fan and for promoting the work and. Uh, um, yeah, maybe we can chat again soon in a year yeah, or two when I have fun. more to talk about. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be, it'd be good to have you back and meet at a con if they happen in Alaska. If I'm down to go back to America or any cons here. I love coming to UK. I've been a couple of times now for different shows. And I actually, I want to say I came to I came to two shows in UK, uh, In uh, one in sort of, I think, what you call the Midlands area. And... Where was the other one? There was one in Coventry, and and then more recently, the last one I went uh, was in uh, Glasgow in uh, yeah. for MCM, and um, I just I always have a fantastic time, and so yeah, I would love to I would love to be I would love to come back your way. Definitely, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be good to see you again. And we were my group now. We try and if if you're down, we could uh, we'll go for a drink afterwards. We. I've bought Jordan a pint. I know some um, Sabrina's down to go for a pint. If, if that's your style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I uh, love it. So uh, let's uh, maybe we can make it happen. Like I said, once we get beyond all the kind of restrictions and the anxieties about traveling, uh, and we can begin to gather again, uh, I, I would say many many pints will be raised. Um, yeah. <laughs> once again, so. Thank you very much. Have a good rest of your day. Stay safe. Thanks, Tyler. All the best to you, brother. Thank you. Bye now. See you later.